I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. It's high tide on an ocean of red. And I'm just sitting back in my rocking chair on the beach, catching some rays on the range. It's a beach now. It's high noon for Monday, November 16th, 2020. First off, the podcast has been growing like crazy, and I thank all of you so much for sharing it with people and for supporting it. I might eventually have to like put ads in the mid-roll, which I don't want to do, but you can support the show at I'm your moderator.substack.com. And please keep the reviews and ratings coming. I really, really appreciate all those. I read them. Some of them make my day. Um, well, all of the good ones make my day. The bad ones make me laugh. But that's also great. And just, I know I've said it before, but thank you again to all the people who are connected with me on social media and who send me stuff. I'm usually pretty good at seeing most things before I get them. But those times where someone finds me some shit that I didn't see that is a big chunk of the narrative. I'm like, Oh my goodness. Thank you so much. So, uh, I really appreciate that guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, this weekend they had the massive, massive March, the million MAGA March in Washington, DC, And it was every bit as big as the Women's March, which I am now calling the Women's March for Communism in America. And I think that that's more accurate. I was going to spend part of the show today actually going through and reminding people of the goals on the Women's March platform. And... I discussed this, I think, in Apocalypse Now, or maybe it was in in Controlled Demolition, but the platforms of the Women's March, the Green New Deal, and Black Lives Matter are almost identical in all their key points. And to a large degree, all of the recommendations that they have, the proposed solutions that they believe will fix uh, the oppression of women, even though women in America are not oppressed, and racism, and the climate change problem that is sure to kill everybody in eight years, even though that's not going to happen. And I'm not denying climate change. I am denying the validity of the things they say and the fact that they are backed up by the same experts who gave us coronavirus. And their goals are all in line with the Chinese Communist Party. So it's really not hard to see what's happening there. 
But the Women's March, the platform, you can read it still. You have to look at the 2017 one, the original. The OG WMCIA. Women's March for Communism in America. And you know what OG is. Original gangster. Hopefully I sounded like Ice Cube, that great American. But so the march wasn't mostly peaceful. It was actually extremely 100% peaceful on the Trump side. Of course, we know that the Democrats need their domestic terror arm to step up in times like these. So BLM Antifa held counter protests. And by counter protests, what they mean is people dressing all in black and then running around on the streets, hitting people with umbrellas and sticks and bats and knocking over old people and trying to steal their Trump signs and pushing over parents with their children in their arms or standing right behind them. Because what children need to grow up in a fair and just society is to watch roving bands of Tyler Durden wannabes horrifying their parents so that they can see their mother screaming and their father get knocked over into them while his body comes crashing down on their little six-year-old frame. That's, that's how we create a fair and just America. Did the media show anyone this violence, this leftist violence, this Democrat domestic terror organization doing what they do and causing domestic terror? Did the media show that? Did the media show them going up to restaurants and throwing bottles and shooting fireworks at people for the heinous crime of having dinner while wearing a hat. The media show that I don't think they did. The media also tried to make out like there were merely hundreds or thousands of people gathered, but that's not true. You can look at the pictures. You can compare them to the women's March. It was absolutely massive. An absolutely massive protest that was extremely peaceful. And we're supposed to believe that these are the roving bands of white supremacists and all the Trump supporters who are, of course, only trying to preserve the white supremacist patriarchy or usher in fascism while not doing any of the things that usher in fascism. I mean, that is the left, you know, roving bands of domestic terrorists, censoring speech, burning books and flags, political violence, restrictions on freedom, like are happening in every single Democrat state as these lunatics Try to lock down cities and states again. 
for a disease as deadly as the flu that doesn't kill young people and doesn't pretty much kill anyone except older people with multiple comorbidities. And that's without the vaccine. Although Fauci now believes that not only do we have to cancel Thanksgiving and Christmas this year, we will also have to continue masking and social distancing, even with the vaccine. And we might not be able to celebrate Thanksgiving and Christmas next year. But yeah, those, those peaceful marchers singing the national anthem and gospel songs are the real fascists. We know. They're the ones in control of the state media. They're the ones in control of the tech companies who censor any dissent. Right? Fascists, you know, fascists. Fascism used to have a definition. Doesn't seem like they care about it a whole lot anymore. What with the full alignment of the media and corporate oligarchs. Corporate oligarchs who absolutely have the capacity to limit political speech, specifically guaranteed in the First Amendment, all aligned with the universities and the media and the entertainment industry. Gosh. Those Trump supporters sure have a lot of power. All of that old guard alignment must just be a secret plot of the white supremacist patriarchy. So really behind the scenes, Trump is controlling all of his opposition too. That doesn't make any fucking sense. But we must remember that if white men are the target, then it's not racist. And then when they tell us that that Jews are white, it's not anti-Semitic. It would have been anti-Semitic if they were like, okay, the Jews are the bad ones, but white people are Jewish, so now it's just whites and Jews. But the other way around, the other way around is not racist at all. So if they're like, if they're like the problem is white men, and by virtue of that, certainly white people, unless you're an ally, of course. But then if Jews are white too, so then they're like, it's just, it, it's, it's the white people, so it's not racist, but now Jews are white, but like Jews are different. We're not anti-Semitic, but just for these purposes, Jews are the same as white people. So it's no big deal because we did it the other way. So it's no problem. And also, okay, fine. Any black person who agrees with them, like, sorry, I'm not racist, but any black person that agrees with them is trying to support the white supremacist patriarchy and might as well add in Hispanics and Asians actually now are technically white too. So it's just them if they disagree with us, but they're the, but they're the only problem. Like it's, so it's white men and then Jews are white and then black and Hispanic and Asian voters, if they agree with them are white too. And they're all enforcing the, white supremacist patriarchy and 
you'll be able to see that in the final days when you realize that that this entire time Trump and the white supremacist patriarchy were the ones who were actually controlling all of the old guard and and torturing all the people that disagree with us. That's how powerful they are. But we are certainly not racist. We are not collectivist. I mean, we only want to be collectivist for as long as it takes so that so that everybody, no matter what race and stuff you are, can be free and equal. But after that, like besides that thing, besides the totalitarian social control we have to take to make it so that everyone is is free and equal right after we do that like that's the only collectivist thing we want to do so fine if you're going to call us collectivist fine but just for that one thing but then we're just as non-fascist as can be i'm telling you it's not about race it's not about helping the corporations and it's not about totalitarian social control and the suppression of anyone who might disagree with us. It's not about that. We're all on the good team and you'll eventually find out it was Trump's fault anyway. Got it. Okay. So that's how it works. Now we are the good guys and I'm sorry that, if you disagree with us, you're supporting something so evil that none of us can tolerate it. I mean, we're tolerant unless you disagree with us. I don't know what could be clearer. Like if you're not on board with us, you're evil and supporting systems of evil. So we're going to have to send you to concentration camps. I don't know what else to say. And yeah, we'll put it on the media first. We'll have Jennifer Rubin talk about it. We'll get some lists. We'll get AOC to, to sign off on this idea that lists of Trump supporters are a good thing to have so that they can be punished after we start the new Reich. I mean, administration. All of that is good because they're so evil. Like, you can't see that. Thank goodness we have that experiment going on in China where we already have concentration camps so that we can know how it works and we can learn from the Chinese and then we can use their the science and say, hey, it's the science. We cannot afford to have these ideas in our country. So I'm sorry, we're going to have to put you in concentration camps. And if you if you learn what we've been trying to force you to believe this whole time then maybe you can come out and maybe we'll get you a job in construction or you could mine, but we'll let you out. We're not evil. We're the good guys. Remember one thing I'm really interested in and I've been thinking about a bit lately is how masky parents are handling their children vis-a-vis the mask. But not just in terms of whether or not they're having their kids wear it, but I want to know how they talk to them about it. Because if they're having their kids wear it, their kids will be like, why the fuck do I have to wear this, mom? This sucks. 
Like, that's how awful masks are, that even in an eight-year-old would react exactly like that and say those exact words. And masky mom and masky male mom have to then say, well, you see, there's there's an extremely deadly disease out there and we need to make sure that we do our part in keeping everyone else safe. And they say, oh, should I be scared of that disease? Well, no, 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 no. I don't, you don't need to be scared of it. You see, you can't actually die from it. So you don't have to worry. And the chances of you getting sick are remote at best. And the chances of you spreading it to someone, basically zero. Basically zero. But, you know, grandma... You could kill grandma if you don't put that mask on. And so that's why we do it. Because if we don't wear the mask, you could kill grandma. Like just by being around her, you could kill her. So you got to wear the mask, even though you can't spread the disease and you definitely can't die from it. But you can kill grandma if you don't do what I say. So do it. Okay. Okay, buddy. All right, so you got a mask on, right? Now we're walking down the street on a sunny day. Coming up to a nice brunch in a nice wealthy part of town. And some people are not wearing masks at their tables. And your child says, Hey, what the fuck is this, mom? Do they not care about saving us? And masky mom and masky male mom say, no, buddy. They're at a dining table. So they can't release the the disease right now because they're eating. Kid says, all right. But then a couple walks by and they're not wearing masks on this beautiful, bright, sunny day. And you see their horrible mouths. And their noses just flaring with diseased air. And our little eight-year-old says, hey, what the fuck? Those people are just walking around without masks on. What the fuck is the deal, mom? And masky mom and masky male mom say, hey, buddy. You know, there are some people in society who just don't care about anyone else. And they don't understand. Maybe they're just really stupid, but they don't understand that their mask protects us. Even if they don't have COVID. And our masks protect grandma, even though we don't have COVID. And so the thing is, those people who don't care about anyone else, they would just be totally happy killing your grandma. You understand, buddy? So, you know, those people are acting very irresponsibly. And it's probably because they're either stupid or evil. And so every every time you see someone without a mask on, you know, I'm sorry to say it because... We're really good people 
and we really follow the science, but not everybody is a good person who follows the data and the science. And those people over there are not good people. And the truth is that you're going to confront a lot of them in your life. Some people will just never wear masks outdoors in the sun where COVID can't spread. And the truth is that they are just stupid or evil because we know the science. And look, we're, we've been wearing masks and only one of us got COVID. So masks work. There's no question about that. I mean, you know, not if you look at the CDC before May of 2020 and not if you look at every study in history and even the studies now, fine. But the science still says that masks work and, and lockdown, same thing. I mean, there was no proof and no one had ever tried them, but, uh, but they work and we know they work because we're trying them again. And those people just, those people without the masks on, they're paranoid. They're conspiracy theorists. They think the government is lying to them. <laughs> and everybody knows the government doesn't lie. I mean, except Donald Trump, obviously. I mean, he's the, he's the president, I know, but he lies all the time. But the government who talks to us, that government does not lie. Because they're talking to us and we're smart. Remember, we have college degrees. In fact, we're white college educated people. And in the surveys, the white college educated people all agree with us. Therefore, the smart people think like we do. And that's how we can tell which science is the good science and which science is the bad science. And the thing is, science is so hard to understand that it's not even worth trying because you can't understand it. And you know, if we can't understand it, then those stupid people, pff, they definitely can't understand it. Now, the thing is, even though those people are stupid and evil and always will be, you have to be kind to them. Got it, buddy? Are we supposed to pretend that this isn't what's happening all across our country right now? If you look back evolutionarily, why groups developed hatreds for one another, it's because they were different. And one of the very base aspects of that was because they imagined outsiders to be carriers of disease. What is happening right now is the very tolerant, very serious, very science and very smart maskies creating a generation of hate. Now, let's switch gears because I do want to talk a little bit about the election stuff that's happening. If you haven't listened to Lynn Wood on Howie Carr or haven't watched any of the various 
Sidney Powell appearances this weekend. One you should definitely watch is Sidney Powell on Maria Bartiromo. That's up on my uh, social media. But they are saying that they're going to be dropping bombs. Like the type of stuff that I've been talking about for months and months. Stuff that will cause the complete collapse of media and the complete collapse of the Democrat Party. There are now reports that the Trump campaign is expanding this Dominion investigation to California. And thank goodness, because California is the most corrupt place on earth. This is a third world country in the United States. It is a banana republic run by corrupt, stupid people. And it is a veritable hellscape compared to what it used to be not that long ago. Not far from my building is what by any definition could be considered a slum. These people aren't laying on the sidewalks like that would be bad enough. They have built a city of tents and discarded furniture. They have like a living room set up. They even decorated for Christmas. I'm not kidding. I don't know whether to like smile or give up. But the thing is, this Dominion thing is not going away. Joe Biden has the former president and security guy for Smartmatic on his transition team. Smartmatic and Seidel are tied into Dominion. All of these are foreign entities interfering in our election. This is the infrastructure for the electronic voting systems, and it is all corrupted. There is an interview with a guy named Russ Ramsland that I also have on social media today that explains how all this stuff works. I don't feel generally, and you guys can give me the feedback, but I don't feel generally like I am the source to give you the, the step-by-step, this connects to this, connects to this, connects to this story. All right, that's stuff you guys can dig for yourselves. I'm trying to give like the big picture and what it means so that we can be prepared mentally and emotionally for the stuff that is coming and understand that there is a real basis for all of this. Someone asked me, or maybe it was on a group text, but like, do you really think that this is going to be enough in the States? And I'm like, yes, I think that the, that this argument, like this, this like fake intelligent argument that, yeah, okay, okay, there's, there's definitely probably some fraud, but like, there's no indication right now that it's even close to the numbers needed to overturn the results. Well, first of all, these results aren't certified. The results 
are what they are because of fraud. The fraud cases and instances that are being advanced are not isolated incidents where they change 10 ballots here and 15 ballots there. This is system-wide abuse and fraud of multiple varieties. The first is the computer systems that can change votes. In Virginia now, reviewing their data, people have found fractions of votes. They move votes around fractionally so that the results are maintained in other places. That failed because of the giant red wave. And so they had to revert to the late mail-in ballots that surprisingly only happened in a very few select places. And more surprisingly, it's been revealed that hundreds of thousands of these late arriving ballots with no signature verification were almost entirely for Biden. The odds that they've calculated for this being possible are one in 10 to the 274th power. That's statistically impossible. Votes changing fractionally is impossible. The thumb drives with votes entirely for Biden. That's impossible. There's proof that votes have been counted multiple times, fed through the machines over and over again. There's proof of votes being switched. How many statistically impossible things need to happen in one direction in very particular places overturning the election day results in the favor of a guy who's demented and a communist dirty cop as his running mate. How many times does that have to happen before you say, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole system's clearly fucked. How many times? Statistically impossible things shouldn't happen at all. That's what statistically impossible means. If you've ever bet on sports, I'll explain it for people who may not have. But like, let's take the NFL yesterday, right? If I wanted to bet, I would have the normal odds of one game. And if I put up a hundred bucks on an underdog, I might win back 140. If I wanted to make my winnings go up exponentially, I might try a parlay where I would bet on, say, six different games, their spread or their over under or some other element. And I wouldn't win unless I got all six right. So you have to be good or very lucky because the odds go down dramatically every instance you add on. 
Okay. Winning a two game parlay is harder than winning on just one guess. Three is harder than two. Four is harder than three. Five is harder than four and so on. And so the greater the parlay number goes, having to hit all of those, the odds go way up, or I'm sorry, the odds go way down, which means your payoff goes way up because it gets much harder. Now, let's go back to the elections. Imagine that every game in that parlay was statistically impossible for you to hit. What are the chances that you would win a six-game parlay. Six different statistical impossibilities all coming up on your call all six times, all for the benefit of one candidate. That's the bet you're trying to win right now by thinking that Joe, Joe Biden actually won this election fair and square. So people keep saying, where is the evidence? Where is the evidence? Well, if you're smart, the evidence could be right there. Also, if you're smart, you could listen to people like Sidney Powell and Lynn Wood and an incredible number of statisticians and cybersecurity experts tell you exactly how it happens. And that they do have the evidence. But, hey, I'm not telling you what to believe. And if you don't agree with me, I would never try to force you into a concentration camp. I'll just tell you you're wrong. And I think you might want to spend some more time thinking about this since it is of critical importance. Masky. I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work. Goodbye. Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting, or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. That's why I'm so grateful Anchor exists. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They knock down all the barriers to entry. Let me explain. First off, it's free. I don't know how or why, but I'm happy about it. The platform's great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I can't even begin to describe how much easier it was to get my show on all the major platforms this time than it was a few years ago. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. You build your show, you make money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, and the company is committed to the success of its content creators. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks for listening. Please follow the podcast on Instagram and Parlor at I'm Your Moderator. Soon I'll be up on Rumble with a video aspect. In the meantime, if you'd like to support the show, I have a Substack 
I'm your moderator.substack.com where you can donate or you can donate at anchor.fm by searching Be Reasonable with your moderator, Chris Paul. I hope to see you soon. Back out on the rain. Backing as moderator for tonight's broadcast. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm your moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm your moderator.substack.com. The merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofi. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!